Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me as always is my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. The former Broncos reporter for 24-7 mm. Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, it's been a tumultuous uh, few days for you. I know our listeners and all of the great readers at the website have been wondering what's going on, but uh, you you laid it out there in your tweet kind of on Friday. You at least scratched the surface on what's going on, but it's been a tough few days for you. It has. Uh, it's unfortunate the situations that did play out, Chad. First of all, I want to thank every single person on Twitter who reached out and, and lent their support to me. Uh, guys, I, I mean, and gals, it, it genuinely touched me from the bottom of my heart, and I, I do really much appreciate it. I read every single one. I try to respond to every single one. Um, you know, the, the, the way that Chad and I, we talk about it a couple times in the pod, but if we can just impact one person with our, our articles or our podcasts or videos, we appreciate that. That brings us joy and pleasure and to get that much feedback back and, and to see how much uh, I was appreciated within Broncos country I just I, I appreciate it a lot so thank you for that but yeah Chad I, and also I you know I am soon to be on the podcast you know a lot of people wondering about that you included we've been talking about that I am going to still be on the pod as long as as things can allow that's my plan right now I'm just not going to be writing uh, for the network which was a, a decision that was not made on my end and it, it affected uh, it was a company-wide thing yeah, I think we can say Chad. So it was it was multiple people, and it was a consolidation thing. And so I am genuinely though looking forward to what's next. I will share at the appropriate time, but I'm excited about what's ahead. Yeah, and so just so people understand, you know, it's a little bit different situation because, you know, I'm somebody who pushing 40 years old. You know, I've been following this team as a fan long, long, long before I ever got into this as an analyst and someone covering the team. So if somehow, some way. You know, my job status uh, covering the team went away short term. You know, I'm a fan. I'm still plugged in. I'm on this every single day. Zach's coming at this. When he started covering the Broncos, he was doing so purely from a professional perspective. He didn't grow up from mm-hmm. from the Jets. He, he, as a professional journalist, was assigned to the Bronco beat by the network. So now with that going away, he's got to figure out a new way, obviously, to, uh, you know, pay the bills, etc. And so... Part of that, you know, it's uh, we don't want to speak for what Zach's got cooking. He's got a lot of irons in the fire right now. Opportunity is rife because you all know how great he is at what he does. But where it comes down, a lot, I know a lot of people are wondering about what it means for his future with the pod. Translation is this. Right now, it's business as usual. We're entering right. the, the doorstep of a regular season that's going to be phenomenal in 2019. Nothing's changing for the podcast. And, um, you know, basically, for what we've talked about, Zach's going to try and figure out, you know, whatever his next gig might be on the writing side. Hopefully, he's going to be able to budget that in uh, for the podcast, basically. Right, my brother? 
That's right. And I want to stay on as long as possible, Chad. And I want to say, like I said on Twitter, the Broncos now, like like Chad said, I, there was no emotional investment with this team growing up as a lifelong football fan. Uh, but the last three years, you know, covering them from the, the the last of the Super Bowl with the Gary Kubiak that era, and then transitioning into Vance Joseph the glory years, and then now on the upswing, it's it's they are kind of indelible in my heart, and I will always keep an eye on them, eye on you know two eyes on them, no matter what happens, no matter where I am. The Broncos will have a special place, but uh, you're stuck with me a little longer, the Broncos country. I'm not going anywhere on the pod. So if you like me on here, uh, you'll get to continue that a little longer. Yeah, it was just a brutal shakeup that came at just a very inopportune time for those of us who cover the team. You know, we're literally on the doorstep of the season. You know, we were talking about it's like TJ Ward when the Broncos freaking (laughs) cut TJ on the doorstep of the 2017, I believe it was, regular season. Like, you just don't see it coming, and it's it's really unfortunate timing. However, don't you fret, because as I mentioned, Zach is a stud. His resume is phenomenal. And um, as I mentioned, some of you might have seen that tweet that I fired off later on Friday, but... I mean, the results speak for themselves. What what was going on at 24-7 Sports on the NFL side? I mean, we were crushing it. We really were crushing yep. it. And uh, 24-7 Broncos, 24-7 slash Mile High Huddle. The last three days before Zach's final day, we were number one in the company. Number one those three days. So that speaks to the work that Zach does in, in his expertise. And so he, uh, you know, he's going to find another job out there. paying. It's, it's going to be his, his 9 to 5, paying the bills and all that. The podcast supplements that for him, you know, and that's just that's that's just the bottom line as it stands. Obviously, we want to grow this thing. If if we had it our way, you know, all we would do is podcast for you guys all day long, and that would pay our bills. But we got to find other ways to do it, and that's where the writing comes in. So Zach's got to figure that out. But in the meantime, biz as usual. Yeah, I do appreciate that, Chad. And you know, as TJ Ward, I'm looking to see where my next, you know, my, my Tampa Bay Bucks are going to be. But for the time being, it, it's I'm still focused on the Broncos. And the thing would happen, it, it happens in this industry, Chad. It's business. It happens in the NFL. It happens everywhere in life. Uh, things can just come to an end in a moment's notice. You have to adjust. And I'm looking at it in an optimistic point of view. So yeah. that's a pod with you so we get to cover the Broncos in a sense so I'm looking forward to what's ahead I really mean that yeah so I mean that's the thing is you're still covering the Broncos and this is something we talked about too you're just not doing it like literally in real time with news articles like you were as a writer and you're right though dude this is this industry that we're in digital sports media it's brutal it's it's a very um you know the 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 foundations are tectonic at times they shift on you for example Mile High Huddle, okay, was started in uh, September of 2014. I founded the website. Scout.com, 24-7 Sports. So in a five, six-year period, it's already been on two different networks. I mean, that's just things mm-hmm. kind of, they have a strange cycle. We don't know what the future holds. Hopefully everything's great and uh, things march on as as they are and into the future. It's great, but, like, you just don't know what the future holds. And so in that sense, that's kind of the biggest obstacle that guys like Zach and I are faced with, but where there's talent, where there's ability, where there's expertise, where there's insight, where there's analysis, there are sports media companies galore out there willing to pay for that. Yeah, and uh, hopefully that's a sign of things to come in, in this industry, which is constantly being shaken up. I read somewhere that it was it's the worst period for media in years. Something like 3,000 jobs were either laid off or bought out. It's just it's a really, really cutthroat business that you have to be blessed to succeed in. And I have been. I love covering the Broncos. I love potting. I love writing. I love being on video. And I'm blessed that I get to still do it on the pod. And I'm going to be on Twitter lending my thoughts. I'm going to watch the game uh, this coming week. It's exciting for me. So I'm still rooted in the Broncos until things change. Yep. So 
for now, you guys, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you're you're gonna be concerned for Zach and what the future holds. As for the podcast, don't worry about it. Everything's cool. The, the business as usual. We have a huge week of podcasting coming up this week with the Broncos, as Zach mentioned, playing in the Hall of Fame game on Thursday, and we're going to attack this week as we always would. So, you know, we'll uh, when there's more information to be revealed, when there's, you know, when as Zach said, when it's appropriate timing and there there is information in which we can give to you guys, I'm sure that'll come. So in the meantime, just bear with us. Continue doing what you're doing. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to knock it out of the park for you. So we do have those, Zach, some uh, Broncos things that happened over the weekend that we got to get to. First, though, let me just quickly remind listeners, if you're new, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, because that's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show, with the podcast, in real time. If you're a new listener via iTunes, we appreciate it. You leave us a creative review. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating. And if you're new on YouTube, a lot of listeners listen to this podcast every day on YouTube. If you're new, appreciate you give us a like, hit that subscribe button. If you want to be notified, hit the, the bell to give you notifications when a new podcast or video uploads. All right. I'm Su Lin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Zach, let's get to some of the events from day nine, technically, of Broncos camp. And of course, this was a day in which Vic Fangio wanted to hold this practice session at the stadium, Broncos Stadium at Mile High, which still has no official sponsor. Joe Ellis, you better get on that, Doc. <laughs> uh, but he wanted to hold it at the stadium for a specific utility. There's there's multiple reasons why, and it wasn't just you know to uh, for the fans. We'll talk about what the fans showed up you know out in force here in just a minute. But he wanted to work out some of the kinks, like where each coordinator is going to call plays and just like getting some of these rookies who have never been in a big stadium with big crowds and stuff, you know, getting them acclimated to what that's going to be like, Zach, and the fan base showed out in force. Now, it might not have been the same type of numbers that would show out when Peyton Manning was here calling the signals for the Broncos over that four-year period where at times, I know there was a couple times more than 40,000 fans showed up to the stadium practices and the in the uh, sessions they had there. 21,000, though, just over 21,000 fans showed up for the Broncos at the stadium for a practice. And, Zach, this is after two consecutive years of back, you know losing seasons. So I think Vic Fangio... New, the new faces like Fangio, Flacco, Locke, Scangarello, Ed Donatel, they had to be pleasantly surprised by the support that remains in Denver. Well, they were also part of the reason why there was such a great turnout, Chad. I mean, they really quickly fumigated Dove Valley and got rid of the old stench and, and sold a new culture, and it's extended to the fan base. There's tangible excitement for the season, despite the many and moving parts, despite 
questions about Joe Flacco and how the coaching staff is going to shake out. There is genuine, tangible excitement. Also, another part of, it, part of it is the fact that Broncos fans are just simply the best in the NFL. For come out like that, I know it's the, the first time since 2014 they held a stadium practice, but to come out like that and for our, it's still a training camp practice, it's still not a simulation of a regular season game. It's not anything close. But to just come out in full force and, and you know be in full throat, it, it just speaks to the level of, of true fandom that Broncos fans have and possess despite everything the last couple of years. And it's exciting and encouraging that before the season, before we even see one snap of this team, even in preseason, there's, you know, there's genuine hope and optimism for 2019. And not only that, I thought it was really cool because, I mean, if you look at the quarterbacks, notwithstanding Kevin Hogan, who was signed on the basically right as the regular season was getting going last year, the Broncos signed him after he was waived by, I can't remember now off the top of my head, Washington, I think, mm-hmm. maybe. Anyway. Yeah. Not counting him, three new quarterbacks. I mean, almost the entire quarterback room has been remade uh, in the course of one offseason. Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, and then, of course, Brett Rippon. Both Joe Flacco, I thought this was really cool, made me super proud of Broncos country. When Joe Flacco took the field, he received a standing ovation. And then Drew Locke, when he took the field, he received a standing ovation. And I want to read this quick quote from Locke that uh, his reaction, Zach, to the fans standing up and, and giving him that ovation. He says, quote, this is something special. I have a lot to prove and a lot to do with my time here in Denver, but hopefully I keep on getting that standing ovation when you walk in. But no, it warmed my heart a little bit to know this place is accepting me like that, close quote. And he also mentioned in a different quote, Zach, that he kind of didn't know how to take that, one of the reasons being he's not the starter, right? He's he's the backup. I, well, what, what do the expressions go? The most popular guy on the team is always the backup quarterback, and defense wins championships, but offense puts butts in seats. It's true on both counts, and even though there's not a quarterback one competition in Denver right now, the fact that Drew Locke is in town and he's the future and he's the most exciting prospect since Chad Kelly. And we have to remember, Chad, last year when Kelly came in for Case Keenum for that one snap, Broncos fans went wild. Yep. I mean, so they, they want this this hope for the future, and it's always the backup quarterback, and it's a hot young kid like uh, uh, Drew Locke with a cannon for an arm and, and uh, with exciting prospects and elite arm talent. It's, it's going to bring fans out. And he hasn't, I wouldn't say, earned the standing ovation considering the practices he's had so far but he he knows that he has so much expectation on his shoulders both internally and externally to be that next true great quarterback in Denver and he put that arm talent on display at the the little scrimmage match in front of the fans in fact most of you listening to this you should be able to find it on Broncos Twitter at least the highlights of the the that day that the team put out and there's one shot Zach I'm not sure if you got a chance to see this over the weekend but there's this one shot of I think it was a seven-on-seven drill. Locke drops back, and he just threads the needle with that arm strength and precision accuracy, I might add, over the middle in between two defenders to a wide receiver. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful pass that, you know, you just think, how did that happen? That's the kind of arm talent and ability Drew Locke brings to the table. If, if, if he puts it together between the ears. I mean, this kid is really an exciting young quarterback. Yeah, and it's no surprise. I mean, we all knew his arm was going to be on full display, and we still have to remember, though, it's it's a training camp practice, and I'm not going to be the wet blanket here, but he's going to look good in seven-on-seven drills. It'd be a, a red flag if he wasn't, but I want to see him, and everyone wants to see him. I'm sure you do too, Ch- Chad, uh, when the bullets start flying in the preseason and how he responds to blitzing and defenses and adversity, how he comes back from his first fumble, his first pick. I want to see how he grows in the NFL. That's going to be the exciting storyline of the summer for Drew Locke. 
Speaking of wet blankets, we got to talk about the one issue. There's a couple issues that stuck in Fangio's craw from Saturday. Let's talk about the first one. The fact that the Denver Broncos had 12 penalties. Now, one of the other aspects of this scrimmage, if you want to call it that, at the stadium was the fact that they brought out an official, an NFL officiating crew were, were there to present and create as real of a game situation as possible. But unfortunately, the Broncos were not up to snuff. They were penalized 12 times by these officials. And here's what Fangio said, quote, We definitely have made some strides. Where we haven't is in the penalties. We had 12 penalties today. This is half of an NFL officiating crew out here. Eight of them on offense, four of them on defense. Talking about the penalties, way too many. This team last year was 31st in the NFL in penalties called. That's got to stop. We've got to improve that. We've emphasized it. Obviously, I haven't done a good enough job of doing that. And obviously, they haven't done a good enough job of listening. That's got to be a main focus. It has been, but it has to continue. Close quote. I would say considering they had 12 penalties, considering how the NFL is, that was quite realistic for the Broncos. Uh, But I got to be fair. You know, we all ragged on Vance Joseph the last couple of years, all the penalties they had. And it is on coaching, but it works both ways. This is also on Vic Fangio. So he's right. I mean, he's still a first-time head coach. He's still working out the kinks here, but it is on coaching. It is on preparation, and a lot of these are pre-snap penalties, Chad, these false starts, uh, you know, 12 men on the field, if it's called, things like that. It comes down to the minor details. He will get that ironed out, but he's not, um, you know, impenetrable either. He's not perfect. He's going to have his up and downs too, and he's seeing that in himself with the penalties. It's on the players, but it's more so on the coaching. What's right is right, and what's fair is fair, and he has to get that figured out, but it's going to take some time. Yeah. I'm just glad he's thinking that way. You know, he's got to get these. He's trying to create everything Vic Fangio has done, or I should say one of the predominant themes so far of his his regime is to create as real of game-like situations in practice as possible, whether it's the game jerseys, the intensity, the way they're calling plays, this bringing in officials for a scrimmage at the stadium. Like, he's trying to create an environment, also emphasizing you know, situational football. These are the things that seem to escape the previous regime, right? These little fine details seem to escape Vance Joseph and company, and it came out in the wash. You could see it when the Broncos were up against it, when the chips were down. In the clutch type of moments, it was always the false start or it was the overthrown pass or it was whatever it might be that that they just came up short. And one of the reasons for that, I am a firm believer, is that Vance Joseph, from a coaching and a teaching perspective – did not prioritize or emphasize the right things. And that's where Vic Fangio, I think, is really impressing me, is that he is forcing these guys to practice in the same way that they would play. And I think that's got to pay dividends here in 2019. Well, it really is a death by inches, Chad, and he's hoping to avoid that. And you're right. That's what, that's what plagued the Broncos the last couple of years, and that's what's going to separate, among many other things, you know, him from Vance Joseph. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get worked out. I, I'm a firm believer in Vic Fangio. I'm a firm believer in this coaching staff. But you have to remember for the offense, new quarterback, new center, pretty much a rebuild offensive line, uh, a new receiving court. There's a lot of new moving parts. I've been trying to warn fans for a couple months now. This is going to take some time. Just because they have star talent, it has to all come together. Let them use the preseason, at least the first game, to get the kinks out. But, you know, I like that Vic Fangio, to, to hop on your point, Chad, he's being fair. It's not all on the players. He has to be perfect, too, or he has to be close to it. And it's not good enough at this point. He has to be better. He also had some good things to say about Joe Flacco, but you talk about it not being good enough. 
as as much as Fangio has liked what he's seen from Flacco, he's not 100% satisfied yet in his veteran quarterback performance. He said, quote, I think Joe's getting more comfortable. It's a new team, new system. We all know he can throw well. I think he's just got to get a little bit more efficient. Efficiency means a lot of things. Throwing it to the right guy a little bit quicker. Throwing it a little bit more accurate. Getting more work with these routes and these receivers. We are not there yet, but we're getting better. Close quote. So, I, and that's just the realistic situation. That's just him telling yeah. it like it is. Like, you can't expect a transplant quarterback, even one as experienced and tenured as Joe Flacco is in the NFL, to just come in and hit the ground running. There's going to be some... You know, there's going to be a lag time of him, you know, uploading basically, right? You know, you got the quick time little thing circling when you're trying to go to the next page. <laughs> That's what's happening right now. Flacco is buffering between his old place and his new NFL home. And so the whole point, though, of the preseason and training camp and all this stuff is to get through that buffering process so that by the time the regular season rolls around, he's loaded for bear on this hunt. And I think that. So far from what we've seen, we can't tell the future, and neither Zach or I have a crystal ball. However, I think based on what we've seen so far, the results have been encouraging to at least lead us to believe that they're on the right track in terms of him being ready to go uh, opening week at Oakland. Yeah, you know, what he's basically saying, it comes out of this translation, it's July 28th, people. It's late July. It's nine days of training camp. You're not going to learn anything day by day. People expect answers to happen overnight in these big revelations. Football teams coming together, it, it takes a long time to gel, certainly longer than a couple of weeks. They're going to use the entire preseason for this process to, like Chad said, come week one, hopefully be firing on all cylinders and get these these problematic areas out of the way. But that's what's going to separate, and that's why I have hope. I also believe Vic Fangio is in it right this ship fast. That's what separates him from, from Vance Joseph. It's not going to carry over. He will nip this in the bud now, and he will be go out of his way to avoid those death by inches. And that's he's going to be you know worthy of that statement. It's not just something hokey to say. He's going to live by that. Amen, brother. We still have a few more things we want to get to from Friday and Saturday of the Broncos training camp processes here. But first, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, Zach, I don't know if you saw this, but Philip Lindsay was late to the party on Saturday, which was very atypical of this kid who absolutely demands and craves reps. This is a kid who's been sitting on the sideline for the majority of the 2019 calendar year. It was only eight days ago that he was basically unchained to just get after it and fully participate in camp. He relishes, he appreciates, he craves, he needs each and every rep. And yet, when the Broncos rolled in, he wasn't out there on the field, and we found out why. Apparently, he had booked some time with a chiropractor, but it ran long. Here's what Coach Fangio said. He obviously was none too pleased. He said, quote, Philip was getting a chiropractic treatment, and the guy overdid it. So to hell with chiropractors, let's just play football, <laughs> close quote. So my only interpretation of that, Zach, is that Philip booked a time. Maybe he should have booked it not quite so close to when they were going to have practice. And the guy, that the doctor, the chiropractor, whatever, you know, I guess they're not technically doctors, but the chiropractor went long, overdid it. And so it's not completely on Philip, but at the same time, you know, you're in charge of your own uh, schedule, so to speak. So as Fangio said, to hell with with chiropractors. Let's just play football. 
Man, I, I guess someone in the local area is not getting a great Yelp review, Chad. I, it's, <laughs> it sounds like, you know, he was just a little overzealous in, in what he wanted to do and kind of be loose for the practice. But uh, I love what Fangio – that's one of the Fangio's best quotes of the offseason. That, that is pure Vic Fangio at his finest right there. Have you ever had a chiropractic session? Have one of those guys pop your joints? No, I'm a little weary of that because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be paralyzed. I have like a, a phobia of yeah. something going wrong with me. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, overblown. I broke my back in the stupidest way in 2007, and it was just simply falling off a ladder that was like three feet tall, and I just went backwards onto my butt, and my spine did like a slinky, right? Brrr. And uh, it popped one of my vertebrae higher up in my back. And what it actually felt like in the moment was somebody, it's like getting the wind knocked out of you, but it felt like the way the wind got knocked out of me was someone just kicked me square between my shoulder blades. And uh, that, that feeling of being short of breath and all that didn't go away for a long time, but I'm fine now. Over the years, though, I have held back from going to chiropractors because I've, you know, on one hand, I'll have someone tell me it's life-changing, it's the greatest thing you need to go do it, especially if you got... A questionable bad back, whatever. But then on the other hand, Zach, I've had other people say, don't do it because sometimes it can create other issues that didn't exist before, or you can actually become dependent on it. Not like a drug addict's dependent on drugs, but in the way that you never feel right unless you have your chiropractic session. So you end up having to just keep paying money and going back every single month. And well, you know, based on the way you lay that out, Chad, I'm not sure I want to pay money to have that happen to me. I guess I'll just take my chances with my body and I'll keep working out and I'll see what happens later down the road. What worked for me was, you know, fortunately for me, I had no disc damage. It was just a matter of bones healing. And once those bones healed and I was out of pain, it was just a matter of re-strengthening the the muscles in my back by hitting the gym and working out. And that's how I was able to get through it. So anyway, we, we turned the page. A couple guys absent from Saturday's practice at the stadium Von Miller, Emmanuel Sanders, nothing really to see there. Unfortunately, they had to attend a funeral in which they were excused for. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, they have to handle business away from the field. And, you know, things are more important than football. But it would have been nice to see him out there. But, you know, come week one, it won't make a difference that they weren't at this practice. But I want to get back, too, to the utility of practicing at the stadium. And I thought this was interesting because we've talked quite a bit on the podcast in terms of the uncertainty of how the defensive play calling is going to shake out now that Vic Fangio as a head coach has to be on the sideline because 19 of his 20 years spent as a defensive coordinator calling plays he's done so from the booth not the sideline so we've wondered about that and yet we didn't really talk a whole lot about what Rich Scangarello was going to do as a play caller and obviously this is his first time in the NFL calling plays he's a 24-year coaching veteran however this is his first opportunity to do so in the big league so to speak And we got our answer. He is planning on, Zach, calling plays from the booth, which puts a huge onus and and, uh, pressure on the new quarterback's coach, T.C. McCartney, Mm -hmm. to kind of be his in-between guy and the bug in the ear of the quarterback on the sideline. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I would not be surprised, Chad, if they experiment with a couple things. Maybe, you know, maybe use Mike Munchak because he's been a head coach before on the sideline. Maybe he can be the the go-between. But um, I would rather have Scangarello on the field, maybe working with the quarterback on the sideline, I should say. Uh, Just in case anything goes wrong, he can tutor them. That's what I like to see from coordinators and coaches. But I'm sure between now and week one of the regular season, they're going to experiment with a couple different configurations and see what works best. Yeah. I mean, I I think on one hand you go, okay, the pros to calling from the booth is you see everything, right? And these these coaches and players who are studying game film each and every day, 
they're seeing the all 22 perspective. And so it falls in seamlessly right there to be calling plays from the booth because you're seeing the field as in exactly the same way in which you studied your opponent and self-scouted your own team. The drawbacks, though, are, yes, your quarterback has a direct line to you in his helmet. You can talk to him. He can't talk to you, though, if you're in the booth. Now, I understand on the field, in the huddle, he wouldn't be able to talk to you anyway, even if you were on the sideline. However, you know, now if he wants to talk to you in between series, he's got to go to the phone or he's got to communicate through the, the quarterback's coach. And so that's why it puts a huge onus on that quarterback's coach. Now, I wouldn't be as concerned. I, I'll be honest. I do have a little bit of a concern about this. I wouldn't be as concerned, Zach, if there was some kind of uh, history of Scangarello and McCartney working in their respective roles in the booth and quarterback's coach in years past. Like if they had been doing it together in a different NFL city before and now they're bringing their talents to Denver, something like that. However, both of them are in completely new situations. And so there's some uncertainty there, some uncharted territory. And hopefully, you know, it all comes together for them. And and the one good thing I think that helps in this transition is Joe Flacco's experience. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, though, is like they're both first time, you know, coaches in this role that they have. And McCartney's 29 years old, Chad, I believe, or 30 at tops. And that's a young guy in this business and in life. So um, I would rather have a more reliable person as the go between. But I always thought that the seeing the, the advantage, the field as a vantage point thing was a little overblown for offensive coaches, coordinators. You have to have a feel for calling the game either way. If you have it, you, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. If you don't have it, it'll be exposed either way. So if Scangarello is going to be a good coordinator, at this level and with the Broncos, it'll come out in the wash no matter where he is on the field. Also, the Broncos made a couple of roster moves last week. We talked about the first one in which they brought in a new wide receiver, uh, Nick Williams. But on Friday, they waived that punter that they had signed just a few days before to sign Morale Stevens. I think that's how you pronounce this. It might be Moral Stevens. But he's a former uh, Florida Gator, went undrafted this year, initially signed with the Buffalo Bills, um, after the draft, didn't work out. The Broncos signed him with the injury to Bug Howard and with Jake Butt continuing to languish on the sideline. My question to you, Zach, on this topic is, do you see this as some kind of the addition of Stevens as a kind of writing on the wall for Jake Butt? Or is this just camp fodder to get him through the camp So, and the, eventually the plan is to bring Jake Butt into this thing no matter what? Uh, the first thought that went through my mind was it was kind of an indictment on butt status. And, but then the fact that they brought in Vogel and they preached competition, they cut him two days later. So this is just a camp body, I would believe. And uh, butt could open up the season on the PUP list. There's no guarantees to be ready, but he's in their their plans regardless. I don't see this guy leapfrogging anyone. If there's any um, come from you know behind kind of guy, under the radar guy on this roster, it's Austin Fort. So this guy coming in at this stage, it's just camp fodder. I wouldn't read too much into it in terms of Jake Butt. One other topic I want to get to, and then we'll address some injuries that have cropped up and we'll get out of here for today, is Vic Fangio finally addressed the drop passes. And there were some drops during Saturday's scrimmage practices in 7-on-7 and 11-on-11. He was not pleased with that. Here's what he said, quote, Guys have to be able to catch. When the ball's catchable, they have to be able to catch. Everybody wants to know how fast receivers run, how quick they are, our tight ends, our backs. I want to know... Can they catch first before you tell me all that? And these guys have got to start catching better. Close quote. Zach, we chalked it up to initial camp jitters when this first started popping up, but it's continued to progress. How concerned should fans be about this, you know, a week and a half into camp? 
Well, that quote reminds me of the old Oakland Raiders under Al Davis. They would always draft the fastest guy, and those fastest guys never caught the ball reliably and never did the one job they should have as a receiver. So I agree with them in that sense, but I wouldn't press the panic button just yet on this. It's it's a focus thing, and as I wrote in one of my you know last articles, it's a focus and just a, um, a determination thing. It, it's a, a coaching thing for the most part. You have to be able to coach that and instill that in the receivers. But then again, it's a very young, changing core. You're asking Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton to step into bigger roles. There's that veteran presence in Sanders, but he's been kind of out of the picture. So it's an ever-evolving, you know, revolving door at wide receiver for the Broncos. And it's going to go with some hitches. You have a a new coordinator, new quarterback, new head coach. I mean, these things, these hiccups are going to happen. If it still happens, like Vic Fangio said a a couple days ago, a couple weeks from now, talk to me about it, if it's still going on. I don't think it will. Let's just get through the first preseason game, and then we'll still see uh, what the common denominators are with the Broncos. Yep. And it's exciting. We're only three days away from the Broncos suiting up against outside competition for the first time under the Vic Fangio banner. So we're excited for that. Now, last thing I want to touch on here, a new name popped up on the Broncos injury report on Saturday. Cornerback Bryce Callahan, who has been one of the studs of camp, was held out of most of practice, according to Coach Fangio. Callahan uh, had his uh, foot, which the same foot, I think it was his left, that he broke late last season that cost him the remainder of his great, great uh, contract year there in Chicago. That same foot, he had it stepped on by a teammate. And uh, so, you know, ouch, that hurt, sore. They took him in for an x-ray. Fortunately, the x-ray said it was negative, so no additional breakage. But it's something you got to worry about because that could only be, in my mind, with how good Callahan has been thus far, Zach, the injury bug is the only thing that could derail him from being a success for for John Elway. You know, just another uh, head on the wall, so to speak, in terms of the free agent successes he's had as a GM. And a successor for Chris Harris Jr. That's what the Broncos pegged him as. He's been phenomenal in camp so far. You know, great, obviously, familiarity with Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel. It's concerning foot injuries for cornerbacks, considering their explosion, the way they have to backpedal. It's always concerning. It's always worrisome. Uh, hopefully, the Broncos were, were being, you know, honest with his x-ray. Nothing is damaged beyond that. Uh, but hopefully, he has uh, better luck and, and stays off the injury report. Juwan James missed his second straight practice with a leg bruise. Coach Fangio played it down, though. He said it's not serious. He'll return soon. Deshaun Hamilton was held out with his hamstring. I think second straight practice he missed. River Craycraft continued to miss with his oblique. Todd Davis with his calf. Dakota Watson has missed a couple practices now with a lower leg injury. Jake Rogers still has that calf. Jake Butt. And then, of course, Bug Howard, both of whom we've addressed on this show. So that pretty much wraps up the injury report for the Broncos heading into game week against the Atlanta Falcons. Zach and I are going to be back tomorrow with a fresh episode to uh, preview maybe a little bit more what to expect. Obviously, the Building the Broncos boys will have the scouts I preview for you on Wednesday. Stay tuned for that, but Zach and I will have some good stuff for you tomorrow as well. In the meantime, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. You can find my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, his handle remains Kelberman 24-7. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. And uh, don't forget to leave your creative review, five-star rating if you're on iTunes, especially if you're new to the show. We appreciate you. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We will talk to you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.